It's time to do a little bit of catch-up on the banquet, the Deathless Guillotine Challenge, and a new series of Battleground matches. This is the MCOC Me Podcast, and I'm your host, Zach Rossi. Uh, fair warning going forward <clears throat> on tonight's episode, which just happened. I uh, got a little bit of a kind of a dry cough sort of thing going on, so if you hear me sort of, uh, you know, taking a pause to collect myself, that's why. But we are going to move on. So I've had a little bit of time to kind of have the banquet event of 2023 digest. And, you know, I did participate. I think I spent way too many units that I wanted to, but <clears throat> it was all for the greater good because I really wanted to help out my alliance and smash the solo objectives, which I did. However, after I got done with it, it there was a sense of emptiness and I wasn't really as fulfilled as I thought I was going to be as compared to last year and here's kind of what I'm getting at as a Paragon player there was nothing that happened to my account during the banquet event that was able to propel me further into becoming a Valiant player now flip side if I was a Thronebreaker player then I think the banquet event would have propelled me into a Paragon player by the end of this year, which would have been great. However, the only thing that the banquet did for my account was give me more gold, a little bit more of some resources to use on whether it be ranking up a champion or leveling them up or enhancing their signature abilities. And I was able to get my hands on two new seven-star champions via the solo objectives and also a few more based on the Deathless Guillotine Challenge, which I will discuss here in a second, and from getting shards from the crystals. Um, but the thing is, which I understood it was kind of said in certain live streams that happened, you know, a couple weeks prior, but the banquet event, I think it's, uh, this year it was a really good idea on paper. But after doing it, I just didn't really feel the same excitement and the same jubilation that I had last year where I was like, okay, I could really see my units, you know, doing a lot of really good things. I can make my account grow. I can get these champions that I've been chasing after that I haven't acquired yet because I have been on the hunt for a six-star Aegon to, you know, help me get a few more paths done in the Necropolis, but I did not get a single six-star Aegon in the three uh, Abyss uh, Nexus Crystals for the skill champion class that I opened. There was nothing there it was just like come on man like that's that's all i wanted out of this event i just wanted like one six star Aegon. i have all the, the tools and all the resources to rank them up awaken level you name it but you know it is what it is but i was able to get some extra primordial dust i actually was able to ascend my uh, Black Widow Clairvoyant, which is really, really cool. So out of my six-star class right now, I have a Ascended six-star Hercules, Doctor Doom, and Black Widow Clairvoyant. Also, I was able to get my hands on a Weapon X Wolverine as a trophy champion as a five-star, but I did have the um, the dust to rank him up and rather, sorry, ascend him. So that was a really cool champion to get as well. That was like one of those Trophy champions that I've always kind of had my eyes on. Um, if it was a six-star, that would have been even just crazier. But, you know, it was really cool to kind of get that RNG blessing where you are, you know, kind of surprised when you see a trophy champion come your way. Um, but, you know, like I said, the banquet event this year, we'll see what happens with my alliance and with my um, solo objectives in terms of the rank and the milestones and where they fall. 
So hopefully with those rewards plus whatever we get from the Necropolis rewards, which by the way, if you haven't done a single pass of the Necropolis yet, uh, get in there, get it done because there is a bevy of rewards to be had. So if you haven't done it, go do it. But I ho hopefully with a combination of those rewards, I will somehow, some way, get my hands on a six-star Aegon. But to shift this episode into another position, because I'm kind of going to cover a bunch of different topics here tonight, um, the Deathless Guillotine Challenge was also released as well on the same day of the banquet. Now, this was really, really cool. If you have been kind of um, acquiring and keeping up with the events of Marvel Contest of Champions, we have new Deathless Champions that are coming into the fray. And the way in which you can get them is uh, through different challenges, but also um, buying certain pieces of their kit, etc., etc., and the Deathless Guillotine Challenge was really cool. It was kind of a great way to bookend the um, requirements to get this champion. It's really quite simple. Um, it can get a little tricky in one part. So all you have to do is, um, you know, you have to go into uh, Act 8.3. And I'm not going to go into the other parts of getting Deathless Guillotine. I'm just going to tell you this challenge specifically. Well, challenge is specifically, which is the... Uh, you go into Act um, Act 8, and you want to go to all the last chapters that in, that involve the big bad final bosses. So that is Cytalis, um, Bahamut, and Serates. And I got to say, these fights are really, really fun. But the Bahamut fight was such a pain in the ass for me because I forgot how it went. And I had to go back and kind of do a little bit of research. And then once I figured it out, okay, it made a ton of sense. But basically the requirements for these challenges are you have to bring in a team of Guillotine 2099, OG Guillotine, Morningstar, and Purgatory. And then, you know, you got to add that last space for either, either one of those champions as a duplicate. But you have to go through, clear that chapter without using any of the um, character select nodes before the final boss. I would say the easiest boss fight out of the three of them was Cytalis, just because I used Guillotine 2099 on her. She wipes the floor with her, especially in that last 5%. But basically, all you have to do with Cytalis is just knock her into her own trap after it sets. And Guillotine 2099 has got a really cool reach, and also on the Huntress uh, function, she can do a lot of damage. The second hardest was definitely um, Serratis, only because the path that I chose that made the most sense for that roster, there's a, a weird uh, trap node that is activated, which will um, endow some willpower to Bahamut. So I found myself kind of getting, or not Bahamut, sorry, uh, Cervantes. So it, actually, no, sorry, I'm saying that wrong. I'm thinking of the Bahamut fight um, in the Serratis. Uh, path there the the path that I chose it has a node that activates which will shorten the time of the armor breaks so you kind of have to be very aggressive in the fight I was trying another path before that just to do like the regular one but it just didn't really work out so I chose this other path and you know it was just kind of more like a beat the clock type scenario but I was able to beat Serrates in a pretty good fashion and it was a lot of fun but the hardest fight for me like I said was Bahamut and it goes back to this path that I took which actually makes the most sense it's the path with um I think it's the 
Spider-Man path, maybe? I'd have to take a look. But either way, um, unfortunately, with that path, when you activate the final boss trap node, it's this weird willpower node. He gains a lot of health really quickly. And it, I found myself, you know, getting pushed back into phases. So it was really annoying because I had, I thought I would be, you know, moving along, but I kept kind of dying and I thought I was in phase two, but he would regain some health, put me back into phase one, et cetera, et cetera. But once I kind of got it clicking on all cylinders and everything was lining up, next thing you know, I'm beating this guy and I got all the pieces. I got my hands on a seven and a six star deathless guillotine. I was able to awaken my six star guillotine and you know, I, it's, I'm not really using these champions, but I was kind of more hunting the seven star shards that you get from doing the first two challenges. And with those shards, I actually was able to, uh, acquire a black Panther OG, a Joe fix it. And I was able to dupe my Mangog. And I will say, uh, and this is the final part of the episode that that black Panther OG is an absolute monster in the new Battlegrounds meta. If you haven't been keeping up with what's going on with Battlegrounds this season, it is a lot of fun. Basically, what's going on is this. If you have a very healthy roster of attackers that inflict very, very solid and very consistent and constant damage over time effects... Oh yeah, you want to bring those guys and girls in because they are going to be doing the Lord's work against your opponents. And on the flip side, if you have a lot of champions that are able to shrug off debuffs, have really good immunities, can purify things, you're going to be in good hands as well. The new meta is all about inflicting damage over time effects to get yourself in a position to you know, gain any kind of bars of power because this is all about the power shield node, which means your special attacks are going to do way more damage than your basic attacks because your basic attacks won't do anything but the name of the game is to gain power and the only way that you can do it is through damage over time effects so far my mvps have been black panther og who's been an absolute monster um black widow clairvoyant sunspot oh my god my sunspot is just like he goes nuclear on certain fights um guillotine has actually been a very sneaky option as well just because if she's awakened if the opponent is bleeding moon she can uh, inflict some rupture debuffs but basically there's tons of resources out there but you want to try to build a healthy stack of defenders and attackers that can do really good damage over time effects but you want to have some defenders that can really purify that stuff that can prevent the um, attackers from gaining those gains of power and sorry that can prevent those power gains that's what i was trying to say sorry it's been kind of a weird day on my end but um yeah that's kind of the long and short of it with that and this in this battlegrounds meta i really like it a lot because i like a meta that's really fun that encourages a little bit of diversity in your roster not only for attackers but for defenders like i find myself um i pulled out like my, my taskmaster he's been a great defender uh korg is always solid he's really good in this meta especially but you kind of also have to like take a good hard look at your defenders and you really also got to do your research on certain champions because you may think a champion may be vulnerable to this one thing but they're really immune to it so you have to develop your strategy a little bit better and i think that's a really cool thing because when the game is making you think like that especially in this one-on-one -on -one type competition it really will up the stakes 
and it'll make you a better player. Um, but that's it for today. Um, I'm still up here in New York at my parents' place, just kind of enjoying the holidays, just turning my brain off head, and that's why I really didn't, um, you know, make a uh, a bevy of episodes. But um, I've also kind of been like sort of under the weather. Uh, like I was saying before, my throat's kind of not really feeling too hot, so I've been sort of trying not to talk as much and just keeping my you know vocal cords uh, fresh, if you will. Um, but before I go. I just want to um, kind of reach out and to our community rather. And if any of you are friends or friendly with um, Subpar Summoner, um, Pastor Coco, his name is Corey, um, please reach out to him. Him and his family are kind of going through a little bit of a rough patch right now. And I think as a community, we should all, you know, rally around our, our friend and just, you know, it's the holiday season. And I think just any sort of like, you know, any sort of just checking in on your friends, any sort of phone calls, anything. Uh, it really does go a very long way. And, and Corey, if you're listening to this episode, man, just thinking of you and, uh, you know, thinking of you and the family and I just hope for, you know, hope everything's going to be okay. And, um, you know, like I said, take care of your body, your mind and your finances. And I will talk to you all next time. And I'll probably talk to you all next year on the MCOCME podcast.